Welcome to the Heart of Life podcast. We're Jesse and Brooke, two therapists and friends, sharing our lived stories and creating an unscripted space for healing. We hope this podcast empowers our listeners to find freedom and bravery through examining the heart of life with curiosity and permission. While this isn't a substitute for therapy, we believe that you'll find healing, belonging, and your own invitation into becoming. Welcome back to the Heart of Life podcast. Last week, we were talking about awakening moments. And the invitation that we gave to ourselves and to our audience was to sit with moments of joy and wonder for just two minutes longer and to notice what that felt like, to notice what it felt like in our body, in our mind, and all the places where we sense our experience. And the reason that we talked about that was because... As I listened to the podcast, I had this moment of, oh, sometimes we're in a really long awakening moment. Mm. Maybe there's a lot of really hard things happening, but the awakening actually happens when we notice that we're engaging different than we once did. Maybe we're not as reactive. Maybe we're more present, even in the difficulty. Mm. Um, But we strengthen that. And we make that more accessible to us when we can do it in moments of joy and wonder and awe. So I'm curious how you moved through that invitation. I can talk about my own experience. Yeah, when I, when I was thinking about this invitation, it made me recall being, um, my partner and I went away to a cabin in Divide, Colorado, and it was beautiful. And we got there just a little bit before sunset and we brought our dog with us. And there was this moment where we, um, we, right before we locked ourselves out of the, (laughs) I'm just remembering that and getting refrustrated. Um, we had made dinner and it was like perfect temperature. So we're like, let's go sit outside. We'll eat out there. And we were eating silently and just looking at the sunset and every thing I needed in this moment was there. It had also been kind of a harder day physically, but in, in this moment, I was like, okay, this is sweetness, mm-hmm. right? And I had this experience to really, one, really mindfully and kind of slowly eat, which felt really nice. But also like, when have I been in a more beautiful space that was just right up the road, mm-hmm. you know? So sitting in that for a little longer and allowing ourselves to move really slowly through that, to listen to the sounds, to listen to what wasn't there. Um, Even though, you know, it's not perfect, but it's this moment, this little clip that I wanted to sink into. And what moment is perfect? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what moment is perfect? So if we're waiting for perfection to experience joy and wonder, we'll be waiting for a very long time. Yeah. I think it's uh, Rob Bell who talks about lowering the bar for joy. Mm, <laughs> right? I love that. And that you can find it in all of these places. So my moment actually came, I decided to start making sourdough again. I don't know why. There's you seem some, frustrated like, with yourself. <laughs> there's like some sort of homesteady thing that starts to happen with That's me. That's why you offered me a starter <laughs> yeah. and I quickly was like, I can't hurt myself that way again. 
Yeah, so I I decided to do that. And then my daughter-in-law was like, well, you should get a proofing basket because it gives it all the pretty like lines. Lines, yeah. Like, absolutely, I should do that. Rolling Christmas. Yeah, rolling Christmas. So I bought these proofing baskets and I couldn't sleep one night. So I got up and I was like, well, I'll just read what it says the instructions are for this proofing basket. I was bored. I was trying not to be on my phone. Um, so I, I'm reading through. It's it's pretty basic. But then the very last line on the back where it says, thank you, little thank you for buying their baskets, it says, enjoy these recipes and feel free to improve yourself. <laughs> and I relished in that. Right? This moment of lowering the bar for joy. That was hilarious. Right? <laughs> Felt harsh yeah. for someone who just wanted to make some sourdough. <laughs> We're glad you found us. Right. <laughs> Feel free to improve yourself. <sighs> but I noticed the lightness. Even yeah. though I wasn't sleeping well, I'd woken up because I was frustrated. Or I'd gotten out of bed because I was frustrated that I couldn't relax and go to sleep. In that moment, I couldn't stop laughing and just noticing, oh, this is, this is lightness. Mm-hmm. This is, that is true yep. that I can't sleep. And this is also true that that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what interpretation app that yeah. went through, but it was great. It doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be perfect, yeah. but it's the noticing that this is true and that is true that actually allows us to be more present. Well, and even as you're talking about this, you know, your your hands are moving in this way that kind of mimic uh, two sides of a balance. Mm-hmm. If you think about that, like a scale um, weighing out and kind of evening one another. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about all of the rhythm that you and I talk about so frequently of you know, whether we're oscillating within grief between loss and restoration or we're pendulating, right? Or we're even just allowing our body to mm-hmm. move back and forth to integrate something, right? And and there's a movement to that that's really organic to us. But when we're in spaces where there is discomfort, right? Whether it's our body, we can't sleep. There's the experience of looking for continued information to confirm that experience. And if we are always looking for that, one we start to go where we're steering, right? We steer where we're looking. But the other part of this too is we're missing out on a whole part of life that's happening at the same time. Right, yeah. For me, that's become very obvious in the last couple of weeks and I'm I'm not sure what awakening happened that made that very clear for me. But I have, I have really had a hard time over the last six months, but, but a while, probably a year and a half, of trying to navigate some health issues that I just didn't understand. And it was just constantly a frustration and constantly listening to podcasts. So could this be it? Could that be it? Trying things, doing deep dives into Google and chat GBT, which I don't recommend. <laughs> it's not a good doctor. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't that for like creating the names of a business or something or writing a paper? It's AI. <laughs> You know, when we feel bad, we'll try anything. (laughs) Looking for all of this information and then having this moment of recognizing, um, wait, this can't be it. 
This can't be all that I am. And it actually came from a quote in a book that you and I both have where the person said, show me what you focus on and I'll tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm sick. Like that is how I'm defining myself right Mm -hmm. now. And that's only this tiny little portion of what I'm experiencing. It's not even who I am. Mm -hmm. But when I'm consumed with this and I'm pulled into, you know, what we would call a trauma vortex Mm -hmm. into this really hard and dark and painful place, I was missing all of the things that are, and this is also true and healing and joyful and awe-inspiring. Yeah. Well, this is the, for me, what I can fall into, and I think in a very similar vein, um, which is maybe like, we should just have an awareness of that together. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have you tried this? Yeah. Have you tried this? Um, I can see, start to see myself as a project or like some sort of renovation that needs to happen. And it's, it's so profound, this kind of subversive awakening for me, because just last week I was sitting across from a potential client. We ended up sending to a, a much better place that will be a better fit. But this like electric energy pulsed through me as she was telling me everything that is really difficult in her world and out of my mouth just came, you are not a project. Mm-hmm. You have to be open to seeing yourself as not a project because our whole, our whole vision can be consumed with what is wrong, what is painful, what is difficult, while at the same time we are being loved and we are being admired and we are alive and our hands are in dirt, mm-hmm. right? Our dog is admiring us, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? There's mm-hmm. this whole other aspect happening at the same time that we're kind of in the, in the grind of trying to fix ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we, we begin to have a narrative that I cannot have that until this is fixed. Yes. And the truth is, unless we have this, the healing space, even the neutral space, mm-hmm. our capacity to be able to actually heal mm-hmm. what is hard will be very limited. Yeah. And it won't be lasting. Yeah. Healing doesn't happen when we just do a deep dive into what's hard. Yeah. It, it can't happen. We're, we're actually just stressing our body more and more when we try and stay there. Flooding. Right. Healing happens when we learn to create the flexibility between what is good and neutral and what is hard. Mm-hmm. I went to a, a training once where they were talking about capacity mm-hmm. and and the way she described it was very helpful because she talked about how often when we're in crisis or when we're experiencing chronic health issues, that becomes all consuming. So you can imagine it like a, a fruit bowl, mm. only it's just a cereal bowl and all it can hold is one apple. Yeah. And so then anything else you try and put in that just spills over the side and it's frustrating and you're just doing all sorts of things to try and keep it from spilling, which is stressful, Mm -hmm. right? But as you notice moments of joy, as you notice moments of wonder, as you say, this is true, but what is also true, your fruit bowl gets bigger. So Mm. the apple's still there, but now you can fit more things in it because you've created a bigger capacity. Mm. You've, it is, it is the, the good 
neutral things that are the fruitful for what is hard. Yeah. This, this reminds me of so many, so many times I work with folks who have diagnoses and they'll go to a doctor who really can't give a super, um, specific prognosis, which is, you know, often the case, but the, the statement gets, uh, spoken to them a lot of like, there's not much you can do, or this is gonna, you know, if you do these things, you can delay this, but just go live your life. And that frustrates almost every single one of my clients that hears it, Mm -hmm. but it's actually really profoundly important insight Mm -hmm. because there are things that are going to happen in our world, either traumas we endure or diagnoses that we live with or chronic conditions that we have Mm -hmm. that will persist, right? They may be lifespan for us, but if we are waiting for them to be resolved before we live our life, right? Or in the case of grief, if we're waiting for the person we're anticipating is going to leave to leave before we're okay again, we're, we're missing it. Right. We're, we're in the, the waiting place, right? Yeah. In the bracing. Yeah. In the, in the book, um, Oh, the places you'll go. My daughter got that maybe when she was in kindergarten. I think it was mm-hmm. in kindergarten. And I remember reading it and going with the flow of Dr. Seuss and this is lovely and great. And I don't know that I'd read it. Oh, no. I got it from my high school graduation. And there was all sorts of stuff happening during my high school He said, graduation. hold on, this is different. I'm remembering now. <laughs> um, I don't know that I, I gave it a solid read, mm-hmm. actually. But then it wasn't very long after that that I became a mother and I was in really, really tough places. And I remember reading it, going with the flow, reading this kid's book, and then there's this page where it's like, and then sometimes you'll find yourself in the waiting place. And everybody's waiting for the phone to ring and waiting for the job to come and waiting for Mm -hmm. this and that and that. And the whole part of that book or that, that page of the book was you can't stay here. Yeah. You can't stay here and wait for whatever the circumstances are to change for you to live. Yeah. And that felt like a gut punch because I knew I was in a waiting place. Yep. And I, I think as we're talking about this, that's what we're, the, when we're stuck in that trauma vortex, sometimes we can come out a little bit, but it's still the waiting place. Yeah. We're still thinking that I can't, I can't go on with my life. I can't, but the truth is life is going on. Yeah. It's happening. And, and being pulled in just this place means you're missing it. This isn't bypassing and it's not silver lining. Yeah. This, the hard things, those are true. Yeah. And they need to be attended to and looked at and worked through. And this is also true. Well, and it's a, um, it's a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. I, as you were sharing that, I was thinking about a, a, a moment, a waiting room for me, which was in the, the really kind of barren season after a breakup. And I was sitting out on the balcony at uh, my house and it was this like this condo I had purchased by myself, like this really empowered 
experience I'd had in the season of this breakup. So even right there was so many like parts of healing, Mm -hmm. but I was so, so sad. And I was sitting on the balcony drinking coffee or tea or something. It was probably wine. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real. Let's be real. (laughs) It was sunset. It was probably wine. Um, and I was reading this book called Milk and Honey Mm -hmm. by Rupi Kaur. Um, there's this poem she has in there about a breakup and it says something like, um, you know, it's going to feel like this and it's going to feel like that and yada, yada, yada. But there's this part that says, go get yourself some mint chocolate chip ice cream and just let it hurt. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Ugh, this is how I feel. And as I closed the page on that poem, I said to myself, okay, I can't feel exactly like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I continued to feel bad after that because nothing had resolved, nothing changed because I closed this book after reading a poem. But what had changed is that I was ready to leave. Mm-hmm. I was ready to leave the waiting room. And I, I didn't for a little while longer, mm-hmm. but I had decided to start like, gathering my things or walking towards the door or whatever imagery works. Mm -hmm. But this really conscious choice of this is really real, but I can't stay still anymore. It's going to take me out. Mm -hmm. So I have to just move a little. Mm -hmm. And then slowly I moved a little. Yeah. Moment by moment by moment. Choice by choice by choice. Yep. Right. I, you know, I, um, I have this this book that I've been writing and you have the same book, but this gratitude journal, which has been really helpful for me to shift my focus. Yeah. Um, and we should talk a little bit about gratitude. Maybe we'll talk about it in the next podcast, Mm -hmm. but it has helped me shift my focus to what is also true. Yeah. And I, I had like four solid days of good. Like my body felt good. I didn't have headaches. My neck didn't hurt. Like everything was good. And I was like, yes, gratitude. <laughs> like this is it. I found the solution. I made it. Um, and then this morning I woke up with a headache. Still have it a little bit. And could feel that familiar frustration that I felt for a while of like, oh, here we are again. This this is never going to get better. This is just my new reality. It's what like all all the stories that are attached to that trauma vortex. Mm-hmm. But I have this prompt that says, "What are you grateful for this morning?" And I will be honest, it took me a little bit longer, right? And it was a little more like my sheets are soft. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was the bed is soft. Yeah. My sheets are soft and my robe is soft and my, you know, my tea is warm. Like they were very, very basic things, but they were also, they were true. Right. But there's this one part of it that I really appreciate, um, which is what is one true thing about yourself? And that made me think for a little bit. And, and what it was is even in the hard, Mm. I can access joy and wonder Mm-hmm. and connection, even in these days that I wish I didn't feel this way. Mm-hmm. And that is such a simple but profound truth and something that I am always helping my clients, you know, the balancing of my hands again, something I'm always trying to help my clients navigate and find is even in this hard, 
what is also true. Yeah. Well, and something that I work on with my clients and myself in the body image world is if your body never changes, right? Let's, let's, let's say no matter what you do, it will be this way for the remainder of your time, earth side, then how do you want to live your life? Mm -hmm. Well, if I knew that it wasn't possible for me to wait till it changed, then I'd just go ahead and take the trip. Mm -hmm. I'd buy the clothes that are a little bigger and I would just wear them. Mm -hmm. Then just do that. Right. Right. Because it's, it is this, this both, right? This and, as we say, Mm -hmm. this is happening. And it's really, really true that your pain is real. It's really, really true that there's discomfort in the body. And what else though? Mm -hmm. And it's in, it's enhancement, right? And it's not saying leave your pain behind. Like you said, it's not bypassing silver lining. We're not abandoning our pain, but we're giving it context, Mm -hmm. right? We're widening the bowl. We're increasing the size of the bowl that's holding our pain because that's actually the most real thing about this life is that suffering is inevitable and attempting to try to not suffer will increase suffering. Mm -hmm. But we also have this choice to feel gratitude or to linger in joy or to have little pockets here and there wherever possible. Right. What are the exercises that you do to strengthen your capacity? Romanian deadlifts and <laughs> for real though. I'm so I'm so strong. <laughs> um I think to strengthen my capacity like my capacity for suffering, right? Mm-hmm. I this is going to sound weird, but, and, and not to you, but maybe to the listeners, I think about who's come before me. Um, the women who've come before me have endured a lot and the women who are around me have endured a lot. So I'm in good company. And if they are doing it and have done it, and I am from their bones and from their genes, I probably can too. So I remember that a lot of like, I'm built from strong, strong wisdom. Mm-hmm. My, my ingredients are whole, right? And so I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself of who I really am, what's really true about me. And I also, I think something that really increases my capacity is I know that when I move through things that are hard, it will not only be for me, like it's not only my character that, that that is developed on the other side of that. It's also something I'll be able to offer to clients or something I'll be able to see and name in somebody else or I'm like kinder mm-hmm. because of this thing or more willing or whatever, more generous. And so I remind myself too that it's it's kind of a community call for us to increase our capacity for this because we all are doing our individual suffering and we're doing our community suffering and our global suffering. Mm -hmm. That all makes sense to me. Does it make sense out loud? Yeah. No, I, I love, I love the beauty of connecting to who's come before. Um, even, even, and especially when their stories are very hard and complicated, 
mm-hmm. uh, in knowing and recognizing the healing that for me, the healing that has come down through generations, mm-hmm. um, that has put me in this place where I, I will not be able to avoid pain. Yeah. Right. And I guess for me, it's just a little bit different in that pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. Mm-hmm. It's the story I tell about what I'm experiencing that creates the suffering. The judgment of the pain. That's right. And it doesn't, again, like waking up this morning and having that like familiar ache and the immediate story being, this is the way it's always going to be. Yeah. That is suffering. Yeah. Right. And so for me, it's the, the increase of capacity comes in being able to recognize when I'm telling a story that Mm. I really don't know is true. Yeah. Coming back to what I know is true. Right now I'm experiencing pain, but I am not pain, mm-hmm. right? I am, I am more than that, more than that experience. Um, and I, you know, I think that our capacity increases as well when we increase our community and our connections and our resources. You and I were having a conversation last night about what it's like to move through questions mm-hmm. um, and to, to, like move into a new version of us and and become something new and how hard and painful that can be sometimes and that we need people around us to act as midwives to that right Mm -hmm. to be there to witness to breathe to hold that space for us as we move through that so we alone don't have to create the capacity we can ask other people to hold hold that space for us as we navigate what we're experiencing which has the image of a bowl mm-hmm. right yes as you put your hands out yeah i'm so glad too brooke that you you highlight the idea of pain and suffering just yesterday a client sent me a podcast that spoke so clearly about the, the way that it was worded there was pain judged mm-hmm. creates suffering mm-hmm. right yeah and and when we do like I hear the story part and I think sometimes I judge my pain by saying, well, this wouldn't be the experience if I was doing this or not doing this or whatever. If I was Mm -hmm. doing this right, then pain wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. And then that's just not true. Right. So our invitation at the end of this is to increase capacity It is to know and witness and honor what is hard. And in those moments where we're not trying to bypass, we're not trying to exile anything, we're trying to fold in and integrate. And so in those moments where we know and witness and see what is hard, to ask ourselves the good question of what is also true. Mm. And it might be, my sheets are really soft. That might be it, or it might be my dog is here laying next to my side and he's so warm and perfect, perfect, right? It, I'll go back to the beginning of our conversation. Maybe some things are perfect. Just one thing. (laughs) His name is Jeffrey. (laughs) Right? So, so that's the invitation. How do you increase capacity this week? And that's by saying, and what is also true. Yeah. What else? Yeah.
We'll see you next time. We hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast as much as we love creating it. And we'd love to hear from you about your lived story. What are you examining and learning? Who are you becoming? Our podcast is sponsored by Riverbend Counseling in Colorado Springs. Following along with us on Instagram at Riverbend Therapy will allow you to engage more fully with the content of our episodes. There you'll find reflective questions, challenges, and community. If you appreciate this podcast, consider leaving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform, or better yet, share it with people you think might benefit from the work here. Mm -hmm.